Welcome to episode 8 of the BYO Chair podcast. I met with a fella named Lockie O'Brien. He's a weapon of a human who had a spinal cord injury when he was in his late teens. He managed to land himself in rehab not once but twice and they were many years apart. Lockie is now a personal trainer and a hand cycle warrior who has set some major goals for his hand cycling career. Enjoy this episode with Lockie O'Brien. BYO Chair merchandise is available. If you would like to show some support to the show, you can get yourself a singlet or a t-shirt. Just send us a message on Instagram and I'll get you sorted. This episode is brought to you by our friendly sponsors at Valley Meal Prep. Valley Meal Prep creates restaurant quality foods that are made with love. They also deliver to your door. Use the code BYO10 for 10% off at checkout. Click the link in their bio and be directed straight to their website. We are also brought to you by the legends at 3099 Jerky. 3099 Jerky is a range of different flavoured beef jerkies and I know you're going to love them. Use the code BYO10 for 10% off on the website and follow them on the socials at 3099 Jerky. Our merchandise is made by the legends at Camprint. If you're thinking about giving your workwear a spruce up, give the team at Camprint a buzz. Tell them Mitch from BYO Chair sent you. They can bring your streetwear ideas to life. Follow them at Camprint Screen Printing and follow the link in their bio. There we go. We're recording. Oh my God, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky O'Brien, welcome to the BYO Chair Podcast. Uh, thanks for having me. No worries, mate. We've been chatting for a while on all the socials and it's good to finally meet you. Yep. So tell us a bit about you. Where are you from? How old are you? Yeah, so currently um, 31 years of age. So oh, I feel same pretty here. young. Yeah. Are you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. 31, uh, 32 on the 20th of this month. Oh, I'm in December. Oh, so, there you go. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, and then sort of I was born out in um, in Greensboro. Yep. Same um, hot. I was born in Greensboro too. Are you actually really? Yeah, yeah, no shit. Some um, hospital there. I don't know what one. Yeah. Probably the Greensboro Hospital. Yeah, I should there's only one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think at Diamond Valley or something like that, I think. It yeah, is. yeah, so, I think that's the same as me. I don't know, I'll ask mum. She was there. Yeah, I'll have to the same. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I was born in Greensboro. Um, I've lived a lot of different areas. I've lived out in Hillsville. Um, out in Kangaroo Ground, um, Smith Gully, and then yep. moved into back to Eltham. And then as I got a bit older, um, I went to a school called St. Kevin's College. Um, so we moved in a bit closer into Hawthorne because the school's in Turek. Um, oh, yep. And then that was where I had my, my spinal injury when I was 17 years old. Um, okay. So it was, um, it was on the Queen's birthday weekend. I... Um, it's just a training session. I, I was not keen to come in that day. I couldn't be bothered, but I was like, ah, you know, might as well come down. You got to commit. You know what I mean? I was in the first, so it's pretty important. What, um, what, what were you doing? Were you playing sport? Ah, uh, so rugby. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, I was in the first rugby team when this was. I was in year eleven, so currently seventeen. Um, just a regular training session. So I yep. um, basically it was the end of the session. Someone threw me the ball, and as I ran into players, um, the goal was to try and drive through them. If you get through, keep going. If you don't, keep driving across to get a bit of gain. Um, so gain on the on the pitch to make a few more meters. Um, and then, and if you land, then after that, you land down, place the ball back. So what happens is when you drive, sometimes through players, sometimes someone supporting help push you. 
So as I was driving, I fell down um, on my neck and then that person driving behind me fell on top of me and straight away broke um, C7, um, C7 vertebrae down to, I think it was T2. Um, Fuck. Yeah, so that, um, so there I was sort of lying on the ground for quite a while, um, well, 15 minutes actually before the ambulance came. Yeah. Um, but it took them 45 minutes to stabilise me, put a neck brace on, you know, it could take quite a time, a fair while actually. Yep. Um, stabilise me, get me into the ambulance and then rush me to, um, rush me to the Alfred. Okay. And that was where, um, yeah, it was kind of like just going like, what the hell's going on? Still, you know, sort of, I knew it was like a spinal injury. Yeah. Um, just because rugby, that was sort of something that could happen with it. Um, but from there, they once I was fully stabilised and there was a bed at the Austin, they they took me over to the um, the Austin Hospital at Three North. So Three North, main, yeah. Spent yep, some time there. Main spinal ward. Yeah. Um, on stomping ground. Not, <laughs> um, and then, yeah, then I was there for about, I think it was a month and a half. Okay. Um, getting up in a manual chair and pushing around for the first time. Um, so basically I was left as a... Um, T2 paraplegic, so I was luckily that my hands can function quite well, um, paralysed from mid-chest down. So when yep. I first sat into a wheelchair without um, not not having abdominal muscles for the first time, it was like a sitting on like a wobbly board and almost passed out because the blood pressure rushes to your feet and you start seeing like, you know, you start seeing, um, what do you call it, like... Like stars. Dizzy. Yeah, stars, you get dizzy sort of thing. So um, yep. basically they... Um, First sat me in my chair, I was quite dizzy, so they had to put abdomen on me and got used to being, you know, like needed that for a while. Um, What's that? So abdomen. It's like a brace or something, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's like a little brace they put around your abdomen. So it's yep. like it's like a corset, if, if you could um, visualise it anyway. Um, yep. So that just prevents the, sort of keeps the blood pressure higher up instead of dropping to your feet and passing out, essentially. So um, okay. getting used to that and then just getting used to getting around as a you know, high paraplegic without balance. Um, and then moved to rehab and worked quite hard in, in rehab just because I had a rugby background. I was, uh, my transfers came pretty quickly because yep. um, my upper body is quite strong. Um, I just love challenges as well. So I took rehab as a bit of a challenge. Yeah, um, yeah, I can relate there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely didn't hate rehab. It was, every day was a different challenge mm. and learning new things as well. I was, I was kind of excited th- for the next day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you you were obviously at Talbot. Yeah, yeah, we went get to the Royal Talbot as as you would too. Um, yeah, which is based in Kew. Um, and yeah, it's the same as you. It was just kind of, you know, what's next? What's next? Okay, I'll learn a transfer to the shower chair. Okay, what's next? Grounded chair. Okay, I want to do that. Okay, what's next? No wheelchair skills, and there was always something you could focus on. Yeah. Um, and I had I was lucky. I had a a mate. Um, that was through there. Well, not through there, but I met a mate um, after, um, and we were very similar um, injury levels, and we were competitive with each, with each other, and really, really helped. Really cool. You know, and it's good camaraderie. Just sort of asking questions, being like, "How do you experience that?" And you know, with spinal injuries, I think it's one of those things that's not black and white, and you can sort of relate to a lot of different people in such a different way. You know, yeah, like girls yep. talk about their hair color like that sort of thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, I was there for altogether including rehab and hospital. I think it was about six or seven months. Fuck. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it, it's changed um, how it works now. Now that the NDIS is around and that sort of stuff, um, they can basically fund a lot of the rehab after you leave rehab. So they just sort of chuck you out when you're not ready and you go, oh, wait, what, what's going on? 
Yeah. You know, so not setting you up with a lot of other supports. They try to, but it's just sort of you're still in a bit of a dark cloud. You know what I mean? You don't know what's going on. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so I left after a fair bit of time. I could do ground and chair transfer and that sort of stuff, which was good. It sort of made me feel independent. Did it take you long to learn that? Um, I guess the, it, it did only because I had a neck brace on for three months. But I was yeah, stubborn yeah. and trying to transfer when I had that on. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, essentially um, once I got that off, no, nah, not, not really long at all. Like I was just because of my um, just cause of my body stature, I'm quite a small guy um, yep. and sort of strong. So, you know, I didn't weigh much, so it's a lot easier. Whereas a lot of tall, bigger guys or females can find it quite hard to do sort of thing. So it's like power to weight ratio. It's like gymnastics sort of if you could compare it to anything. So Yeah, yep, yep. What way do you like do floor to chair and chair to floor? Yeah, so I um, I do a sort of standard way. Um, you can go on AQA's website and have a look there. Yeah, I yeah. Legitimately, have have a video doing there. So essentially, um, I will pipe myself side on next to the chair. Yep. I'll put my um, I'll, if I can do it either way, but let's say I'm using my right hand as a pushing hand. I'll grab my left hand up on the front left side of the fork, um, of the wheelchair, so the very front bar there. Yep. Um, and then I'll push off. I'll lean forward and push off my right. My right arm using my fist, yep. pushing down into the ground and I'll drop my head down. So well, the reason I drop my head down is it brings my bum up and then I can push, luckily because I'm quite small and strong, I can essentially push myself up in two movements. So I go up in the air and then twist to the right. So that shifts my bum over to the left and then parks it back in the chair. So Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah just uh, I guess my advice is go on, go on YouTube on um, either look up any video or you can do my one on AQA and that sort of helps out. So Yeah, right. Took a while to get that transfer. I that being said, I know I did do it quick, but it was a lot of work and, you know, going to the gym and that sort of stuff. So Yeah, that's good. Yeah. See I can't do it that way because I mean, I blame my short arms. I'm, ah, it's harder. Yeah. 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 Like, I can reach the floor and reach the top of my chair, like, just, I suppose. Yeah. But, yeah, so I pretty much just, like, scoop my bum to the front of the chair and then just both hands on the forks and do, like, a like a dip. Yeah, Like I know a tricep mean. dip on the foot plate and then off and then pretty much the same way back on all it. Yep. Um, it's not pretty. It's definitely nah. not pretty, but, no, nah, whatever. It, it works for me and, you know, I'm... I've had a few stacks lately to be actually, which is quite funny because it took me, I didn't have my first crash or sorry, fall out of my chair until I reckon it was early November last year at what day at Talbot, which is what's out there day. Yeah. 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 Yeah, One of the fellas was showing me his like caravan that he built and I tried to get up it and my wheels started spinning because it was raining. So I thought I'll just go back and someone come behind me. And I just hit him and just flipped out the back of my chair and I was all good. Yeah. But then, yeah, I was stacked getting in the taxi and I was stacked going at my front door all in the space of like three weeks. <laughs> yeah. But prior to that, never had an accident, yeah. like never fallen out of my chair. Yeah. But that's all good. I'm just glad I can get myself back into it and I didn't hit my head or anything. So Yeah, it's one of those things that seems more daunting than it is a lot of the time, but... You've got to get the first one out of the way. Yeah, Same I, as like I crashing a dirt bike. Like, you know, sometimes you've got to get the first one out of the way to realise... Some of them aren't too bad. I mean, I'm an example of some of them go really bad, but yeah, yeah that's that's my theory on it, I suppose. Sometimes you've got to get the first one out of the way to sort of take the fear out of you. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Like when I was, I went through rehab um, for another accident, I'll talk about it in a bit, but um, 
yeah, they, they asked me, like, how many, um, how often do you fall out of your chair? I'm like, oh, I probably, I don't know, like 30 times a year or something like that. They're like, 30? What? And I'm like, you, you guys haven't spoke to anyone that actually lives out of the community, have you? Because it's just, you know, you get around, do things, you fall out of the chair, you find a way to get back in or yell out if you need a hand to someone else, you know? It's just like, yeah. But it's, the, the idea of falling is way worse than what it actually is. Like, I've fallen, sometimes if you smack your head, it can suck, but. You know, usually if, if you're ready for it, you kind of know what's coming. You can sort of brace. And you're yeah. You're right. Like as you would have sort of learned, you know what I mean? So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's interesting. Mm. All right. So I'm going to fire three questions at you. I'll give them to everyone at the start of the podcast. Yep. What are you watching? What are you reading? What are you listening to? What am I watching? Uh, I'm watching Reacher at the moment. Someone else said that on here. It's really good. It's, yeah. Okay. It's really sick. He's um, just a big brute. Um, it's, it's off... You know Jack Reacher, the um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like that, but apparently in the so with Tom Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, yeah, yeah. But um, there's a TV series, so it's a bit with a different actor, and apparently the the guy in the book's meant to be quite big, right? Okay. And this guy's just built like a brick shit house. He's massive, right? Yeah, okay. And just the way his fight scenes are just unreal. It's just he's really switched on. It's really good. Yep. Yeah. What am I reading? Um, I'm reading. Um, I've just picked up a Tony, Tony Robbins book. Unlimited yeah, I love Power. Tony Robbins. Yeah, I'm a big, big fan of his. So it's called Unlimited Power. Yep. I did just finish a week in the giant within, and then my mate um just surprised me and just gave me a present for Christmas for that, and I'm keen to get stuck into that as well. Yeah, Rupa. Um, what was the last question? What are you listening to? What am I listening to? Uh, oh, music, podcast. What do you mean? All together? All together. Yeah, yeah. When you cruise them, what's happening? Oof. Yeah, I've just started listening to another podcast. Actually, it's um, Tim Ferriss's "The Four Hour Four Hour Work Week." I think yep. it is. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of that one. I haven't listened to it, but I've definitely heard of it. Yeah, because it's just trying to. I, and I do like. I, I do a couple of things. I work at a company called AQA, doing a lot of peer support with people with spinal injury. Yep. I'm um, traveling around and essentially having lunches and doing other activities, which is pretty good. Um, and then I'm a personal trainer for people with physical disabilities. So it just sort of, and then I train doing competing a lot of hand cycling as well. So. It's just sort of time, just I don't really have much time for myself. So I'm trying to find a way I can just be more organised and smash things out so that way I can sort of relax a bit more. Like I've got a bit of a busy brain at the moment. I'm trying to like trying to get slow it all down and just trying to relax a bit, you know. So yep. um, yeah, I'm just listening to this, hoping I can learn something from it. So Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Okay. And you, you work at AQA, yeah? Yep. Yeah, so what's your role there? Are you just, like you said, peer support or is there something more that you do? Yeah, so I've um, when I first started AQA, um, which is my current role now, is it's a community engagement and network coordinator. So what I do yep. is organise. Um, we've got seven networks, um, if I'm counting that right, around Victoria. So we've got one in in Bendigo, uh, one in Ballarat, one in Geelong. Um, what else we got? We got Gippsland, Mornington. Um, oh no, I'm missing one. And at Northern, so at Chukar Shepparton. Okay. And basically, because there's a lot of people, you know, with spinal injuries out there, which is the way it originally started. Now it's all physical disabilities. Um, basically, we realised that a lot of people in those areas couldn't find it hard to link up, you know what I mean? Because you'd be yeah. quite isolated. Um, so they created the community networks where people have lunch or do activities like archery, sailability, um, whatever it is, all different activities so they can get together and just sort of network, I guess, and, yep. you know, link up with each other. Like when you have a, you know, a spinal injury or physical disability, you can sort of share what's going on. You can kind of be like, hey, I do it this way. What do you reckon of that? Oh, no, if you try it that way, it, it'll be, you know, easier. And then, yep. you know, just small things like that. So linking people up together. So I travel around um, with another 
another work colleague, um, essentially, yeah, doing that, was it three or four times a month, which is pretty cruisy. Okay. Um, for a while, I was organizing a lot of wheelchair skills and then um, various activities. Yep. But it just got all too much with the personal training and everything. So I sort of pulled back to three days a week back at this role. And yep. Yeah, I feel like I'm slowly starting to get a good healthy life balance again. So Yeah, um, that's good. But yeah, AQA is a yeah, really good organization. I probably should explain that they're an organization that do offer a lot of peer support for people with spinal injuries. Um, and then also um, have a lot of support workers, OTs, um, and just really helpful in general. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. My first... Um, like running with AQA was with Josh mm-hmm. doing wheelchair skills. Oh, cool, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that was good. And I remember the first time I sort of met him, I couldn't even, like, transfer out of my chair without a slide board. Mm. Well, probably without a – yeah, let's say without a slide board. And when – like, I was like, come on, mate, you've got to show me how this shit's done. Like, I can't wait for him to sign me off to pretty much say it's all good to do, do like, a regular transfer – I was like, I'm getting so sick of waiting for people. Like, come on, show me how it's done. He showed me, but he was pretty, pretty smart about it. He said, just they'll they'll sign you off in good time. Just yeah. let it be. And then, yeah, once they sort of gave me the all clear to, you know, do my own thing in rehab and sort of move from one chair to the other, or you know, from bed to chair, vice versa. Um, yeah, things got a lot easier. I felt a fair bit more independence after that. Which was uh, it was a really good thing for me. Yeah, it's it's funny how that works. Like I, it's it's good that he was like that, but I just go fuck it. I say, look, mate, this is how you do it. You know, just be careful as long as you can get there safely. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like it's you got to learn. You got to get your heads dirty. I think the biggest issue is if you fall and get like a mark on your ass and get process all. But yeah, yeah, it's easier to own that regard. I wish I know why he's doing it with staff and everything, but um. Yeah, it's, and like you said, you just, you, you know, when you see someone do it, it makes such a big difference, doesn't it? Like you have a mentor around and... Definitely does, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of uh, pressure sores, have you had any? Yeah, I've had a few niggly ones over the years. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've had, the worst one I have is when I had compartment syndrome in my right arm. Um, so just talk about that then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well. yeah so, okay, the yeah, worst... Yeah, for the worst sure. Uh, the worst pressure saw I had is um, when I had another accident um, back in September in 2020. Um, I had a big knot in my neighbour the night before and then had a urinary tract infection. Yep. Uh, so basically I um, the next day I got up super hungover and just felt really yuck, dehydrated, of course, um, and transferred from my shower chair um, to my wheelchair. Um, just so you know, a shower chair for everyone that's listening doesn't know. Is basically a padded chair that you sit in your shower so you can, you know, sit down and don't have to bring your wheelchair and get it wet, essentially. So transferred from there to my um, wheelchair and the chair slipped um, just because the brakes went on properly and I fell on the ground, which, yeah, it happens sometimes. So I moved to my room because it was too slippery and I wouldn't be able to get back in. So when I moved to my room, I just couldn't get back in my chair, and um, which was strange because at the time I've been doing a lot of hand cycling, I'm quite fit, and I couldn't figure out what was going on. I kept trying, kept trying, and it was getting hot and exhausted um, and because of my spinal injury level um, basically I can't sweat so if you have your injury above T6 um, obviously it's not black and white but essentially your autonomic nervous system is affected or your parasympathetic nervous system so you can't sweat so so what happens I was getting quite hot and I'm going oh crap I gotta cool down a bit you know like I didn't didn't think to call anyone I'm like I'll just crawl in front of the fan which is around the bed 
cool down and then I'll be fine, right? So as I was crawling, I was struggling to even crawl and I'm like, all right, um, use uh, what you, I do what you call bum hopping. So similar to transferring, I'd like sit, imagine I'm just sitting down regularly and just basically with both of my hands pushing on the floor, lifting up and then sliding backwards essentially. So yeah. I couldn't even bum hop, which was strange. So I went on my front and started crawling, which is incredibly hard, but I was just pretty disillusioned and, and wrecked after, you know, having UTI and being hungover. So got back to, I eventually got to the fan, which took forever, Far Turn, out, turned it on. And then I was, it was nice being cool, but then all of a sudden I was like, nah, I'm, I'm fucked. Like, I can feel right. it. Yeah, I was, something's really not right. And then my phone's ringing heaps, right? Um, and because peak lockdown, it was Father's Day as well. I'm like yelling out for help just because I live on my own as well. Um, and uh, yeah, no, there's no one around. So I'm like, crawl, like, ready to crawl back to my chair and call for help. Like, I'm, I'm in a real bad way. So as I was crawling back to my chair, I was struggling, could barely even move. Um, hear a knock on the door. It was my dad. And um, he yells out, what's going on? What, are you okay? Um, was bear- it just a fluke that he came? He just, he, could, he couldn't get on to me. He just had a feeling that something was wrong. It was Father's Day. I'd usually call him or respond to his calls by then. Yeah, okay. Get, Does he live close, like, did he live close to you at the time? Uh, in Tullamarine. So he lives about, oh, yeah, 30 minutes or something like that. So Fuck, it's lucky, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm super lucky, right? So as I was crawling, but I was probably about... Oh, I'm just uh, maybe a metre away from my wheelchair, um, which is like, this is an all day event. Like, I think it was dark when I was going to, when I, when I left. Um, so basically as I'm, yeah, a metre away from my chair, he knocks on the door and I'm trying to yell out to him. He could barely even hear me. He bangs the door down, comes in, sees me on the ground and then he goes, oh shit, something's obviously wrong. Picks me up, tries to put in my chair and goes, no, nope, that's not going to work. Chucks me in bed, calls the ambulance and the, literally the ambulance is just over a kilometre away. Really, really close, right? So yeah. Um, they come in, they're talking to me and I'm out of it, blah, 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 right? Um, and then once they roll in with a stretcher, I remember they put me in there, I was sort of in and out of it. And then the last thing I remember is rolling me out of my um, house and then um, blacked out. Fuck. And then woke up two weeks later. Two um, weeks later? Yeah, after induced coma in ICU. Um, Shit. Al- almost died three times. Um, had complete muscle atrophy. My, um, my, my arms was the same size as my wrist. Like it was all the way through. They were just tiny. Um, basically I had my kidney shut down. Um, I had a massive pressure sore that had been formed in ICU, which I found out later. Um, they obviously on, weren't rolling you or what, what um, goes yeah, on there? Yeah. They didn't roll me. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Yeah. hundred yep, percent. Yep. Yeah. Um, I had a. Breathing tube in because I couldn't, um, I don't know what happened, but something weakened my throat or something, so I couldn't even talk, eat, drink. Um, yeah, had a blood clot in my left calf. Um, and then what else? I think dialysis, I think I said that. And then six surgeries on my bowels as well. Um, so what happened was um, basically because I was on my arm for too long, um, the pressure builds up. So it's like when you fall asleep and you're on your arm, you kind of pull it out and shake it and you go, okay, now it's better. Imagine if you couldn't get off it and you didn't shake it, what happens is the circulation cuts off to it. Yeah. And then what happens is the muscle cells eventually start dying, right? So, and then your body's going, trying to send antibodies or white blood cells to it to try and, to try and, um, fight it. Um, but your body's shutting down because all all of its attention's going to the arm. So that was what was happening while I was lying stuck in my arm because I just couldn't get off it. I was just really, really weak. Um, and then, um, what happened is after all that happened and they rushed me in the hospital, 
they um the pressure builds up so they have to make incisions in your arm so i've got like a massive scar on my right forearm um and then they made an incision from from all the way up to my armpit essentially um five incisions in my hands um and then another one on my forearm on the outside and then up the back of my tricep up to my shoulders and so that releases the pressure and then what happens is all the dead muscle cells and all the toxins flow back through the body and it also adds a really bad effect and shuts it down even further so that's where you know dialysis came in the kidney shut down all that sort of stuff so um yeah i had to work work all the way through that i was in icu for about 84 days couldn't yeah eat drink or talk um especially as a guy like likes to chat and i talk about 84 days yeah um, man. Far out. yeah and then um and then i remember when they got me there i moved from there to three north once i could talk and um had to i had to learn to talk again essentially like i'm good at it no, i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so basically i had to learn to talk again eat and drink um i mean we all got the desire to eat and drink so that's an easy one yeah um and then moved from there to um three north yep so which i felt way more comfortable just because i you know i knew all the staff around and everything which was better um and then, yeah, still my right arm was incredibly weak from all the um, all the surgery. Um, I had six surgeries on my right arm alone. Um, Fuck. Yeah, so basically had that. And then um, first time I rolled in front of the mirror, there's a nurse there and I've just gone, oh, fuck. And she goes, what? And I said, I look like a goddamn Holocaust survivor. Like I was legitimately, look, that's how, you know, I'd lost everything. You know what I mean? So Jeez. Um, basically I looked in the mirror and went, nah. Nah, that's not that's not me, right? And um, not in a negative. Oh, I can't deal with this. But not, like, I was like, I got to fucking do something about this right now, right? So, I hopped back in bed and grabbed a theraband and just started <laughs> moving my arms a bit. Basically, passed out. And the next day, did a few more reps and so on. Um, but then, in that moment, um, when I looked in the mirror, it was I, I estimated it was about sixty days I was off. But um, so I said to myself, sixty days after I get out of out of rehab, because um, I do a lot of hand cycling. Um, I'm going to get as fit as I possibly can um, and I'm going to raise money for charity and I figured out the charity was Royal Talbot. That's who I ended up choosing because nothing's been done there for years. Anyway, um, <laughs> we're out. Um, and then I'm going to get right up a mountain. I'm not going to tell anyone about the mountain because well, when I did at the time because I was like, I don't know what the weather's going to be like, but I will do it because that's my thing. I love riding mountains in my hand cycle. Um, and when the, the first day I left um, rehab, which was... I was there for about two or three months. I could just transfer independently to the shower chair and my toilet. So is this the second time you went to rehab? Yep, the second time. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. So back to Royal Talbot? Yep, back yeah, to Royal okay. Talbot and then had to – I knew what I was doing transferring-wise. It was just about building strength. So, yep. um, And just for the background, I'm a personal trainer, so I've um, got my own business. So that's something I'm quite obsessed with, movement and strength. So – I just absolutely buried myself and worked my ass off in rehab, um, getting up every morning when the gym was open, rolling straight in, getting on the arm cranks, which yep. is like a stationary hand cycle essentially. Um, hitting the gym three days a week, I rolled in. They were like, oh, they were trying to give me a gym program. I said, no, 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 this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go so hard Monday, Wednesday, Friday that I'm not going to be able to go on the Tuesday or the Thursday. Um, and I'm going to go on the hand crank every day. I'm going to build it up to an hour before I leave. And I said, that's just what's going to happen. And they... They respected me and I did and I got so much stronger. Um, transfers was just about getting strength, not so much about technique. Yep. Developed the strength and luckily I could just transfer from my shower chair 
to my chair and then also from my, uh, to my toilet as well because that's what they so was independent, even though I wanted to do grounded chairs just to feel more comfortable, but they said we can't keep you any longer. But um, eventually one day just jumped on the ground and got back up again, busted my ass, and that's how I got back to doing that. So um, yeah. But 60 days after I left rehab, um, uh, from the first day I was in my hand cycle, I managed to climb up a mountain and raise $6,500 for uh, Royal Talbot, which was which was cool. So Fucking oath, man. Well done. Thanks, mate. But, um, yeah, so basically going back and forth with them and telling them they've got to clean the um, clean the bagola, they said they'll do it. But I said, no, you haven't for 14 years since I've been there, longer. So yep. eventually they got it done and then I used the money to make a bit of a nicer outdoor area. Nicer, I guess. Um, yeah. So that way people could, you know, families could go out there when they want to talk and have privacy and go out and enjoy it sort of thing. So... Yeah, is that the where the lunchroom is kind of like straight out towards the freeway? Yeah, yeah, just that first part down the bottom there that was always there. But yeah, it's just that they put those wooden chairs and everything there. Yeah, yeah, and they yeah. cleans it all out there because yeah, it was a bit dirty before. Like it didn't look very clean, and now it's a bit nicer. You know, you can have a barbecue out there. I think. Still, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I had, that's where I had my birthday last year. Oh, nice. There yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out on. Uh, out on Lockie's Pagola. Ah, Lockie's Pagola. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be cool if they named that. No, no, not really. That's all good. Hey, yeah. Dad, listen. Yeah. Girls, name it Lockie's Pagola. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, that's interesting. And, yeah, so you've mentioned that you like hand cycling. Yeah. Um, so I've only done it once. I tried out one of the bowheads. Ah, yep. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, but I'm, I'm curious to know, like, what type of bike you ride and if you can go into a bit more detail of how it works because – your Instagram is just littered with, well, food and and hand cycling, which is fucking awesome. So, yeah, give, give us a bit of a rundown on that because a lot of people, I don't know if they would actually know what that is. Yeah, it's a good point, actually. So hand cycling is, um, it's as obvious as it sounds, literally pedaling a, a bike with your arms. Um, yep. But there's many different versions. So you've got like, you know, off-road, they might be doing gravel, I don't know if they've gotten to that yet. Um, and then road cycling. I'm myself am passionate about um, about road cycling. So basically, um, I have a bike. What you call literally, it's a carbon bike is the name. Yeah. Um, and it is what is a carbon fiber hand cycle. Um, they're made in Poland, I think. Yeah. And, okay. Um, yeah, they're sort of custom to size. Um, but they're very very light, incredibly comfortable. Um, but they're fully recumbent, so you're lying completely flat. So. It's not everyone's cup of tea. Some people don't like being on the road, being so low. Um, but we have a flag and flashing lights and that sort of stuff to try and be visible as we can. Um, and then there's many other options. So you've got like alloy, alloy bikes as well that um, or even titanium. Oh, not really much titanium. Um, alloy that's it's a bit heavier, but it's still you know a good option. They've got power assist ones as well, like the Bowhead, which is a yep. um, one that goes off road. Um, which I suggest a lot of people power assist is good to start. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard work. Like, I love it. It's, um, you know, if you first get in a hand cycle and you go up a hill, you'll, you'll die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so basically I've been doing that for, I think, about seven years now. So I've been racing at a national level. Um, and back in 2018, I found out about this challenge called the Seven Peaks. So it's the, um, the seven alpine resorts around Victoria. So what it is, you start at the bottom of the mountain and ride all the way to the top to the resort. Um and then I found out there's no, there's no recumbent hand cycles that's ever done it before. So I'm like, sweet, let's do it. I'm really, really keen to, you know, be the first one. First time was about doing it. It was a bloody hard one. So just so the listeners know, the, the mountains I'm talking about are Lake Mountain, Mount Buller, uh, Mount Borbor, Mount Hotham, 
Omeo Dinner Plain, Mount Falls? Buffalo, and then Falls Creek. Yeah, as well. got you. Yeah, so it's the front side of Falls. You can go the uh, east side as well. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so that one's brutal. Um, but yeah, so I started off just getting it done, and then went to Europe. Ah, uh, sorry, sorry, and then I went to um, Uruguay for about four months. Amazing time over there, and then. She watched the Tour de France and then just, you know, really wanted to ride it again. I got obsessed just watching it and came back and then rode, um, got back and then lost about, what, 10 kilos and then got a lot stronger. And then when I went up the mountains again, I was like 20 to 30 minutes faster each one. So Far you know, out. And what they say about power, power to weight ratio, it does make a big difference. So Definitely. So, yeah, sort of made a bit of a plan that I'm like, I'm going to get a lot stronger. And then we go to Europe, stay there for like six months because um, I speak a bit of Spanish. Not like not incredibly well but quite quite well um See. so i want to go over <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i want to um go over to spain for six months and then yep. um buy a car put a portable hand controls in there bring the bike and just go ride all the mountains around there and get my spanish good and just have a good time you know so um is that the goal or you've done that no nah, that was the goal so yeah it's still the goal yeah um, yeah sick so um and then um and then that was before the compartment syndrome and then i've had to develop strength again so um yep Basically, I'm aiming for next year, um, savings dependent, which is looking pretty good, um, around March, I think. So okay. the end of their winter and then just go ride them and get my Spanish really good and probably fall in love with uh, a Latina woman over there would be the way. Big um, <laughs> booty bitches. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so basically um, I do that and then I want to sort of um, improve in terms of racing and get get a bit more competitive. So yep. got to spend a lot more energy Um and time, time on that, just commit more hours because that's what cycling is basically just committing a lot more hours. Um, yeah, some stuff. So, yeah, it's if you if you if you can you get into hand cycling, um, yeah, reach out um, and or just give and call like push mobility um, a call because they're they got so many different ranges of hand cycles and that sort of stuff. So yeah, okay, get out there and get power assist or something. Or if you want to get into racing, get in touch with me and I'll help help you get involved. So fuck, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, so it's quite passionate, man. So I guess, you know, I, I went out to um, Mount Gambia. Uh, not Mount Gambia, what am I talking about? Um, the, oh, my God. Give, uh, no. The, Grampians. Of, yeah, Grampians. that's it. And then rode up Mount William today, which was pretty, which is a nice climb as well. Long yeah. drive, but, yeah, really beautiful spot. So it takes you to some incredible places. That's awesome. What time did you get up this morning to get there? <laughs> 4 a.m. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I left about 4.30, and, yeah, log driving. Uh, a couple of coffees, got the ride done, super steep at the top, incredible. Um, rode back and then had a couple of PT clients and now I'm having some fun on a podcast. No, oh, there you go, eh? <laughs> yeah. There you go. So um, what what hand controls have you got in your car? Yeah, so at the moment I've got mechanical hand controls, right? So essentially um, it's like a lever on the right of the steering wheel. Um, it's like a, imagine a motorbike handle. This is the best way of explaining it. Not It's not like a throttle, but... You, you pull down to accelerate yep, and let it go back up and then push forward to brake. Yeah, okay. Um, and as you do that, it's literally a lever that connects all the way down to the brake and the accelerator. So when you pull down, it'll push on the accelerator and then push forward, it'll push on the brake sort of thing. So yep. I like it because I don't, I'm not keen to get electronic or anything on the accelerator just in case it switches off and it's very rare. But That, that was my theory on it as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like something has mechanical, you take it to the shop and it'll be a fairly quick fix. Yep. Um, but yeah, eventually I'm looking to get a van, um, cause I want to go on and set it up so I can have a side entry ramp, stop picking up my chair, putting it back and forth. Um, cause I reckon over time it'll wear my shoulders. Yep. Um, I'll get a van so I can roll straight into the van, hop over to the seat, transfer over 
then just drive and then, you know, vice versa when I want to get out. But also, just because I always go out to the mountains and drive and ride, so I want to kind of um, have a rear access ramp so I can transfer into my hand cycle in the van and ride straight out and then shut it and, yeah, so I can Sick. drive anywhere and, yeah, make it a lot easier and more accessible to go riding. So Yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah. a really good idea. I I drove a van. I still own one. but oh, um, yeah? Yeah, I, I drove that and it was just for motocross and camping was mm. was the reason I brought it. But then, you know, it kind of suited my work as well. So it, it was a handy vehicle. I, I honestly love the vehicle um, on the van itself. But, um, yeah, now having a kid and one on the way and whatnot, it's I've got to get a, a five-seater car at least. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, but i I done my driving test and I had the similar hand controls, probably the same, yeah, just... It's like a door handle um, or a door lever, I suppose. Yeah, twist it down for acceleration and push it forward for brake. Oh, yeah, similar thing, yeah. But, yep. um, yeah, my, mine was on the left-hand side and spin a knob on the right. I hear you. Yeah, yeah, I, um, I shouldn't say it, but I don't drive with a spin a knob. I can't stand it. Cause I don't blame when you. When you steer, you have to re-steer it. So I just, Whereas if you don't have it, you can let, let it slide through your hands like power steering and I just palm it everywhere. Yeah. Have, have you tried portable hand controls? What are they? Like ones that just clip onto the brake and accelerator? Yeah, so there's so many different versions, right? But yep. I was lucky when I went to Uruguay, I could you know, borrow a pair off a guy in a chair over there and use them actually and drove around the countryside. Um, basically, uh, it's, yeah, it's hard to explain. So they're two straight poles, right? And they clamp onto the accelerator and the brake, right? Yep. And there's one that's like a, oh, God, how do you explain? Um, similar to like a motorbike handle, if you will. Let's just say for that. Um, that you push in and then that breaks and then there's one that's like a little tiny little knob almost. Oh that yeah, you can yeah. Use and you your squeak. thumb and yeah. you can press your thumb and that accelerates. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's I had a guy come on, uh his name's Andy Hansel, but I fucked up the recording, so we're gonna do it again when I'm on the Gold Coast probably early next month. Yep. But yeah, similar thing. But I think yeah, he's yeah, oh, very similar thing. I know nothing about that shit just yet, but um yeah, I saw what he did, and it was—he he had to lift it up to get in the car, so that he could sort of slide underneath it. But yeah, it was—it looked pretty simple. I'll show you a video of him frying tires with it. Ah, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> he's a—he's a bit of a petrol head, so yeah, he put up a mad video of him cooking his tires in his in his wagon. It was pretty sweet. Yeah, nice. So, yeah, but um, so when you said you went to went to Three North for the second time. Yep. Did you have all your like your, what they call morning care for those that don't know is like your your bowels and your bladder and all that type of stuff under control? Do you do you have to use catheters or anything like that? Yeah, so um, guess I'll sort of explain. So yeah, I um I use intermittent catheters. Um, yep. I sort of get a sensation. I go when I have that sensation. Um, it's probably not the best. I should do the four to six hour thing, but I can't be stuffed to be honest. Um, yep. And bowels-wise, so before that happened, I was doing suppositories and going every second day. It was about 30 minutes or so just over. Um, yeah. And then that ha- when I had this recent accident, um, basically I had the six surgeries on my bowels, so it was just they were all over the shop, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so basically we'd, we'd do the morning routine, but I'd be shitting myself like three, four times a day almost, you know what I mean? So you got to do something and then bang sort of thing. So was getting away of physio and everything like that. It was such a pain. But um, I had to learn to, you know, start off really basic with eating and move forward and that sort of stuff. But, yeah, I was um, 
doing the the morning routine. They get you doing that. But I think, um, yeah, I think I'll add that it's, I think it's they train you to have to do it in the morning when you first get up, right? But when you when you leave rehab, things can change. You know what I mean? Of course. Like, like if you you know if you're working, you're starting at nine. It might be or you're starting at like seven, eight. Depending what whatever you do, it can be a pain to got to get up super early and you feel exhausted after time. So I know some people that do theirs at night. Yep. Um, even lunchtime, like I used to do mine just before lunchtime because I go riding in the morning. I do it after that. Now I do mine after my rides just because it works better. Um, yeah. Now I'm every second day. I've got a thing called Peristine. Don't know if you heard of that. No, what's that? So basically, it's like a um, basically it's like a bag that you fill with water, right? And it's there's tubes that connect to it, and then there's like a little bit of a catheter you can have, right? Um, and then you shove that up your bum, and then you inflate like a balloon, right? And then you inf- you pump heaps of water in, about 700 mils. It sounds hectic, but it's a sort of natural way, if you will. Yeah. Do that, and then deflate the balloon. Sometimes water comes out. Maybe it doesn't. Sometimes you do a few checks, but empties you out like for me it really empties me out so i don't have to go for you know every second day i go to the toilet so i can have days off where i can get up and don't have to worry about you know having to go to the toilet and that sort of stuff so there's more than one way to skinny cat is what i'm trying to say so yeah speak, speak to people have a go and you know yeah 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 the, look what the, about you so i'm i'm how do i explain it so being unlucky having a spinal cord injury yep i'm very very lucky oh yeah so I'm L1 incomplete. So like you said before about the sweating, I I can sweat because my injury is below what what did you say it was? T T6. T6, yeah. Yep. So so I think L1 is the vertebrae that basically disappeared. And then they picked all that off my spinal cord. And I think the the injury on the spinal cord level is T12. Oh, yeah. So below that, um, like, but I feel like it's starting to heal. So I was I was 12 months post-injury on Sunday that just went. Oh, wow. And um, I was having like a, a moment of reflection the other, the other night. My partner and I snuck away for a night. We went and rented a tiny house. And I was just sitting there and I was sort of thinking back to waking up after my surgery and, you know, how they would be the, – when I say the nurses are forcing me to have a shit and whatnot, it's their job. They're not pressuring me into doing something I didn't want to do. So for the people listening, it's it sounds a lot worse than it actually is. But so the, the nurses would say to me, you know, oh, we need to put a suppository up, yeah, because you need a shit. And I said, mate, I've been eating in – two, three days because of all the pain medication I'm on, I can't shit. Anyway, cut a long story short, a few days down the track, they keep plugging me with these suppositories and I eventually had a shit. Yep. And your dignity goes out the window when a fucking hot nurse has to come and clean your door. Yeah. Like, it's <laughs> it's tough. It's tough and you get used to it pretty quickly. But since then... um. You know, once I sort of moved to Royal Talbot, I started to feel when I needed to go for a shit, when I needed to have a piss, stuff like that. And they finally took the catheter out and I said to them, like, I don't need to learn how to do the intermittent catheters. I really believe I can piss when I need a piss. And actually, sorry, that was at 3 North. Oh, yeah. I'm going to jump back and forth a bit. My storytelling, my time's all off. I do the but, same. Yeah, yeah, that's nah, all good. But yeah, so anyway, the 
the catheters, I said, look, take it out, give me a bottle, I want to save fucking piss. And it was dismal, but there was liquid in the bottle, I proved my point, therefore I could never go back on it. So I sort of taught myself how to piss again. It took a lot of work and, like, you know, friends would come in and visit and the nurses would say, look, have you had a piss lately? And I'd say, no, 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 but, you know, my friend had just hit the water on the tap that was next to my bed and try and get it going. Not only that, iPhones have, like, white noise that sounds like water running. Oh, yeah. So that sort of helped me. i just shut my eyes, listen to that, picture myself like swimming in Lake Gildon because I can't get in that water without having a piss. So I'd think about that and then eventually I'd piss and it just kind of got better as time went on. Um, and then for, as for going to the toilet for having a shit, once I was able to get onto a commode, where was I? It would have been Three North as well actually. Yeah, I think I just I just pretty much fought for my right to shit. And um, although they did still put suppositories up me, I I went on a commode and I, I've actually got a photo of it. Like, <laughs> n- not of the shit, but, know, the, know, yeah. but, but the smile. I sent it to all my mates that would, like, constantly check in on me. Um, of me just smile from ear to ear, sitting on the Gary Glitter having a shit. And... Um, yeah, so look, I'm very fortunate with with what I've been able to regain from my spinal cord injury. And yeah, so being able to like piss on my own, have a shit on my own is 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 it's I'm lucky and I'm very appreciative that I do have that. It's nothing like it used to be. For me to, to get up and go to the toilet, it does take three times as long. Yep. I'm sure that there are ways that we could speed it up, but um, I just, at the moment, I'm comfortable, mm. you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you like I said, if you could be lucky in this in our situation, I feel like I've got pretty lucky. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So, um, yeah, th- that's that's where my body's at with with that type of thing. You're right, and it's, it's just a learning curve too. You know what I mean? Like, about having to go. And yeah. Being like, no, nah, I think I can do this, or. Maybe let's try doing it this way and that sort of stuff. You're 100% right. Like it's a good system that they do, that, but their job is to get you in there. Yep. Yep. And send you out. You know, Ma- make room for the next one. Yeah. And it's like it's not that they don't care, but it's just that's what that's what they're trained to do. Yeah. 100% right. But sometimes you need to go against the grain a little bit and just kind of go, hmm, I'm going to try to be different this way. I'm going to do it this way. And you find it might work for you. Yeah. might not. You never know. Yep. Yep. One of my... One of my dad's friends, I met him when I went up to the Sunshine Coast and he's always like right on me, you know, how you going, Where, where's your progress at, you got to start doing this, doing this. So he broke his neck diving into a pool. He didn't hit the bottom, the, the tension of the water broke his neck. So he was in... How high did he jump off? I'm not entirely sure. Okay. I'll follow that up at yeah, some point. So just Actually, curious, I'd like to get him on because yeah. he's, a, he's a grouse fella and, yeah, he's got some great stories as well. But so he broke his neck and obviously the bowels and bladder thing is a, is a big thing. But he had – this was about 40 years ago when he was in Royal Talbot. He had a nurse in there that was very old school and she said, when you get home, get two litres of water, sit outside on a like a chair that you don't care about on the grass, drink it until you learn to piss yourself. And he learned to piss himself, and he learned to control it. Oh wow! Yeah, and interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's really interesting, and it's 
you know, it might not be the right way. Yeah. But, I mean, it's given him a bit more freedom and independence and whatnot. But, um, yeah, it's just a bit of an interesting story. And it's one of those things because you always hear different stories, different different ways that people do things. And like you said, some person, some people might say, hey, try this, try that. Or this isn't working for me. What are you doing? So that, that was one thing that he sort of passed on to me was just, you know, just because they're telling you to do it one way doesn't mean you have to. So, yeah, v- yeah. very interesting fella. Mm. But, yeah, hopefully I'll get him on one day. So that will be a good good chat. Yeah, I'd love to listen. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So once you've did – you, did you end up finishing year 12? Um, that's a good question, actually. So when I had – I was in year 11, obviously. Um, and then they ticked me off and managed to get the year done. Um and then I chat to the school about going back and I said to them, I'm like, I don't, like they were trying to suggest go over two years. I said, oh, it might be a bit much for you for the first, you know, coming back with a spinal injury and everything. And I'm like, oh man, there's no way I'm finishing my second year without my mates. You know what I mean? I'm not doing a second year. Like I just couldn't, I wouldn't, you know, we'd been together the whole time. I'm like, ah, oh, I don't know about that. Yep. Um, so they said, all right, how about this? They said, do half the amount of subjects, right? And then if you want to come back the next year and finish them, do it. If not. And, you know, no worries, finish up. And I did the half, finished with everyone. And I knew I wasn't going to uni because I had no interest in studying uni. It's not my thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then just, yeah, ended up doing half the year, finished off and then had a good gap year, had a lot of partying, had a lot of fun. Yep. Um, and then moved out my brother in Richmond and that was a good good time. Um, and then tried a few different things. That's where I um, found out that I, well, I loved to cook and then became quite passionate about cooking and studied to be a chef. Okay. So, yeah, so after my accident, which is, it's, it's hard uh, working in kitchen in a wheelchair, that's for sure. Um, no but doubt. there's ways, if you, if, you, if you really, really want to, and you can work with the right people and you have some people that are cooperative, you can really get it done. Um, I worked, I studied to be a chef, qualified, and then I only did it for about, I think it was six months, um, and then applied to be a chef, uh, chef at another place after I got made redundant from the last place um, in catering, because catering is like, um and then when I applied to the school, um, they said, oh, look, we're, we're not actually, we're looking for someone more experienced, but do you want to do youth work? I was like, yeah, why not? You know, I'll get a job, I need work. And then just happened to change my career path from there, did youth work for a bit. I was a wheelchair mechanic for a little bit as well. Yeah, where are um, at? Uh, push mobility for a bit, yep, which yep. was good. I learned a lot there. Um, good company. And then moved over to, um, I did market research a couple of years and then just got, got over doing it. I was like, I just wasn't proud when people asked me what I did, so... But I had the dream a while from when I started that um, to study personal training eventually um, just because with all my hand cycling I've been doing, it's just made a huge difference for my transfers and keeping my weight down, which get, makes transfers easier, pushing around, everything just, you know, it makes life in general so much easier. Yeah, of Sex, course. bowels, you name it, like exercise makes a big difference. So I wanted that for other people. Um, yeah. So that's when I... Um, I was like, right, I'm going to study to be a personal trainer. And I just was literally about to start, um, the day, day after I had the compartment syndrome injury, actually <laughs> legit that was the date, but I still went and started it after I got out of hospital, um, yep. and then finished that and then started up the business and now working with people, um, and hopefully making a bit of a difference. Uh, what looks like it. No, I have no doubt there. you are, man. But yeah, so that, um, so that's the, I guess the short part of how came my work and now I love it. Like I, um. When I was actually studying in September, I just finished actually uh, in 2022. Josh, Josh, um, I don't know if you guys know Josh. He works at AQA. He plays a bit of wheelchair rugby. He's a champion guy. 
gives me buzz and he's like, he's been trying to get me working at AQA for ages, right, yep. at this point. And I'm like, nah, mate, I'm going to do this. I can't commit for a year or anything. He calls you up and he's like, mate, got the perfect job for you. I'm like, what's that? And he's like, three months, fixed term, part-time, three days a week. Um, I think it's three months or six months. And I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds interesting. I'll, I'll have a bit of a think about it, right? Get off the phone to him. Nas calls me and then says the exact same thing. I'm like, <laughs> are you like double tag, double tag me or what's going on? Like, um, yeah. and then I'm like, I'd thought about it. I thought that's a good idea. You know, a good opportunity for networking, which Josh suggested as well for personal training. Said to Nas, you know what? Yep, I'll do it. I don't know if you've chat to Josh. He said, oh, I didn't realize he called you. I'm like, <laughs> anyway, um, so I did that and they've sort of snagged me in and then been there since. Um, it's hard to leave because it's a really good company. Yep. Did that and started the personal training business as well. So I'm doing that around the hours of that and hand cycling. And yeah, love it. The personal training just feels like the calling to me sort of thing. It feels like the right thing, helping people, you know, making a big difference for their independence, you know. Like even though it's a physical thing, it's obviously helping mental, you know what I mean? Like yeah, definitely. Mental health and stuff like that. Because if you, you know, worried about going out the front door because you're going to be you're worried about getting home because you're exhausted pushing a chair, you know, that's why. I can help push you hard in sessions and then build up that fitness so that when you go out, you can go, I can go anywhere. I can go up this hill to go to the train or whatever sort of thing. So, yeah, so that was my sort of aim and it seems to be working. So Good on you, man. Cheers, uh, man. You should write a book. I honestly yeah. feel like you should. <laughs> Some people have said that before. There's a lot of cuckoo things, especially the dreams I had in my recent uh, hospital stay. That could be a book itself. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, what like when you were asleep, dreams, or just like what you were dreaming of doing when you left? Uh, nah, nah. Like um, with all the drugs they popped me through. Yeah, and, um, dude, it's bad. Yeah, in ICU when I was um, in my um, – when I had the compartment syndrome injury. So just, just for your information, I um, – I didn't go through ICU when I had my spinal injury, but in uh, with my compartment syndrome injury the second time around, I did. Oh boy, was it different! Like I had bad, I had these dreams where I don't know if it was in the coma or not, where nurses were trying to kill me. A nurse said, "You have to sing a um, hundred chocolate themes, or I'm going to kill you." You'd be surprised what you remember, right, from all those ads. Like, wouldn't it be nice if the world was yeah, yeah. Like, And I remember that in the dream, like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? So like. Yeah, as anyway, so there was heaps of cuckoo dreams like that going on, but um, yeah. Far out. Yeah, that's wild. That's wild. So was there, when you're in school is, and you, what school did you say you went to? Uh, St. Kevin's College in Turak, it was. Was, yeah. the, was there end goal to play professional rugby? Yeah, so that was, I was obsessed. Like yep. I was absolutely obsessed with rugby. So um, I actually really followed South Africa. Um, so a mate of mine followed New Zealand and I want to go the opposite team to him. So I followed South Africa and then fell in love with them. And then, um, yeah, I was just absolutely obsessed. Knew all the stats, everything, you name it, just like in and out. Like I'd always have rugby ball in my hand, running around, throwing it around. Um, and, yeah, that was my dream was to play for Australia. Well, not go to South Africa, I'll play there. But, um, and then, yeah, obviously I lost that when I had the spinal injury. And, you know, it was about, I lost my passion. You know, and as we do, we have a lot of us have our spinal injuries related to our passion, or we lose it. Um, sometimes we can't get it back. Yeah. So it was about finding a new one, and um, that was when I left school. And I said, I, I had this head of studies who was brilliant, who said to me, um, "Well, I said to the whole um, year level, he said, in life it's super important. You got to find a passion, All right?" And I sort of molded that to my own way, and just said, "You got to have a driving passion in life, and then have you know a side passion that will keep you going as well." So yeah. That was when I studied, you know, got into cooking because I, I love cooking. I'm really, really passionate about it. I still, you know, I'm stoked that I studied to be a chef. I don't work as that anymore. But 
you know, how can Skills you not, can life, you not win? Yeah, it's a skill for life. So that, and then I just needed exercise though from rugby. Like I need to get that outlet again. And then um, as soon as I um, got in hand cycling, which started off with wheelchair racing and then my mate was doing triathlon. So I jumped to the pool with him, went for a swim and then um, well, learned to swim. And then he said, you got to get a bike, do a triathlon now. I'm like, all right, why not? Got the bike, hopped in that and I went, oh. This is it. This is this is rugby. I knew it instantly. I'm like, you know, so did the triathlon, dropped off the other sports and just stuck to riding and started riding hills and mountains and stuff and yeah, just fell in love with it. So it was one of those things, I guess, you know, with the spinal injury you can lose it. Yeah. But you can also find a new one. It opens new doors, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. That's very interesting. Very interesting. Yes. And there was something you said about um, you know, in the sport that, you know, may give you the spinal cord injury, you either lose a passion mm-hmm. or you, you know, gain it elsewhere. It's funny you say that because I've never thought about it like that. And, I mean, I haven't lost the passion for dirt bikes, but I know I need to find a passion elsewhere and I don't know what it is. I don't know what I've got to – I mean, besides just trying to be the best dad, I mean, mm. that that's your passion whether you mm. – you know, that that's your job in life once you have kids. 100%, yeah. So – you know, but yeah, there is definitely something that I feel I need to to find to be more passionate about. I just haven't found it yet, and yeah, that's it's just interesting to think that you found it in almost almost that by accident. Would you say like you know, oh, you jump in that in the bike yeah. to do the triathlon? Oh, that's pretty incredible. And then next thing you know, that that's your thing. Mm. That's your new thing. That's amazing. Did you ever try like wheelchair rugby? Yeah, so um, funny you said that. I gave a speech the other day about, you know, passions and people, the kids asked, really switched on kids. I was back to the school I went to, uh, St. Kevin's, and um, yeah, when it came to passion, it was about just trying heaps of different things because I left school and I'm like, all right, I've got to find my passion because of this speech that this head of studies gave me. And I was like, all right, what can we go and do? Right? I learned to cook and I loved that and that was really good. But then I needed some physical outlet, like I'm just an energetic sort of guy. So um yeah, tr- did wheelchair rugby for a bit and um, had a good time because naturally from rugby to wheelchair rugby, it just sort of made sense in my mind. Yeah. So I did that because um, I've got a quite an interesting injury because I'm C7, but back then my hand functions were just about perfect. Um, so when I was, I was playing for fun, enjoying it with the guys, and then when I got a classifier, so what happens with a lot of parasports people don't know, um, you get what you call go through a classification. So someone comes and assesses your functionality. Right, so wheelchair rugby is designed uh, originally for quadriplegics, but it's sort of changed over time that you've got to have impaired hands. Um, it, you got, your hands are got to be impaired in some way, essentially, right? It's, and it's not that black and white. But when I got classified, um, even though I don't have core or anything like that, my hands were just about perfect. Um, so they said, oh, you, you can play it for fun, but you can't play it competitively. And I went, mm, I did it for a little bit and having fun, but I'm like, I wanted something, that, you know, bit more competitive i could really get into because i'm quite a competitive person yep and that was where i moved over to wheelchair racing and did that and that sort of stuff and then and that way so yeah just gave heaps of things a shot good on you yeah that's very interesting so with your level of injury it's obviously just below the shoulders or in between shoulders and nipples yeah so it's um so yeah i didn't even get into detail about that so I initially was a C7 injury, so break. Um, well, it damaged the spinal cord, just bruise, not even like a, not even a severe, um, severe anything like that. So incomplete. Um, yeah. So I um, basically 
it was really interesting. I had the C7 injury down to T1 or T2 actually because there's a T1 nerve, I think. Oh, there's a C8 nerve. That's what it, that's confusing for people. Okay. Um, so injured through their C7 down to T2, I think it was. Um, when I left rehab, my last diagnosis of what you call an ASIA, so it's a test your functionality, um, is a T2 complete, right, is what they call me. Um, so basically paralyzed from mid-chest, oh, yeah, mid-chest down. Um, got good, relatively good hand function. A bit of my, bit impaired by my triceps um, in terms of just sensation, but they're fairly strong, so they're, they're all right. Um, but even though they called me complete, I was fairly sure I was incomplete because I can feel my feet. Okay. Um, so if my feet are sitting on my full plate and they slide off, I can tell. So it's, if I'm pushing around, it's really helpful because that way you don't have to worry about... Um, you know, getting stuck and then like breaking your feet or anything like that. So that can feel bits and pieces. I can feel my dick. I can feel a little bit of my bum, tiny bit. Not not like a real pain or anything sort of thing, which yep. would be helpful on your bum, but it is what it is. Um, and yeah, patchy around. So it's very, very useful. So as soon as I chat to the nurses, I said, look, I try to get Asia again. I said, am I incomplete or complete based off that? And I said, oh, you're incomplete for sure. I'm like, okay. So. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, right. How many times did you do the Asia test? Ooh. Once, when I had my spinal injury, I kept pushing for more for parasports and that sort of stuff to have a bit more of an accurate information. But yep. they were like, yeah, yeah, we'll do it. Tried to hassle them, but no, nah, it didn't get any results. But then when I had my compartment syndrome, um, I had that, I had two times actually. When I left with my compartment syndrome, I was diagnosed as C6 incomplete, right, which is, I wouldn't say it's that accurate. And then recently, it's I don't know how they do it. It's, it's a bit weird. Recently, when I got my physio to do it, um, it was a C five incomplete. Um, which you look at my hand function, you go, no, that's not right. So, um, but there's just certain things like my triceps. My right tricep is a bit affected after my compartment syndrome injury. Okay. So it's it's quite a niggly, weird sort of test. But um, yeah, so essentially now you're paralyzed, chest down, um, and yeah, just incomplete can feel things. Bits and pieces. So. Yeah, okay, that's amazing. Yeah, super helpful. Did you start to get uh, sensation back in different areas after, like, you know, over time? Yeah, it's, it's a weird one because when I had, um, I remember um, when I first had the injury and they took me to the Alfred, I'm lying there. By the way, I had my injury 14 years ago, so it's a bit, my memory's vague of it, but of it's, course, it's yeah. fairly good. Um, but when I was at the Alfred, I I remember lying there with my mum there, and I was just you know I was in tears obviously. Um, and mum, I'm just just mum's touching my feet. I'm telling her to touch my feet. And she kept tapping around, and there was nothing. And I was like, oh. And then she touched one spot of my toe, and I meant, oh my god, I feel that bit. It was just, it was it was felt like it, as if you had a pinprick on you. That's what it felt like. Yep. And I'm like, what the hell? So I could feel that right, and then nothing after, and then for a while, nothing really happened. And there's something we call spinal shock people don't know i think it lasts six months you have to fact check me on that um but after that happens um so it's swelling around the spinal cord relaxes sometimes sensation can come through and you can get more functionality or, or sensation um and that's when i started to get random patches here and there like it's and it's not clear as day out. like you might it feels like if i had a thick jumper on my arms or on my legs then and you touch me that's what it feels like sort of thing so it just slowly came back it was it's hard to sort of dictate exactly but it just f- came into with time if that makes sense yeah yep i had a guy on named john and he said that when his sensation come back in areas it felt like someone was trying to touch him through a big thick phone book <laughs> 
Yeah, that's similar to that. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, right. It's really weird. Like some some deep touch you can feel and some light touch you can't the other way around. It's, yeah, it's strange. What about temperature? Like hot water, cold water? Nah, I can't. I can't feel that or pain. Like I've got no no sensation of pain. Like if you stab me the axe of my leg, I'd say, oh, something's touched my leg and look and be like, holy crap, it's bleeding. You know what I mean? So Wow. Um, but yeah, nah, yeah, no temperature. Yeah. Wow, okay. That's very interesting. So what about sexual function? Do you have to have um, – well, do, first of all, do you have any, um, you know, voluntary sexual sexual function? I'm quite lucky, actually. Um, yes, I can get I can get a boner hard on and then fucking I Fucking love the word boner. Yeah, mate, isn't it? <laughs> it's a fucking ripper. <laughs> it's such a corny word, but it's so true. It's so good, isn't it? Like when you were 16, that's the number one word you used. Definitely. Um, it's got and, a fucking bone in it. And I can ejaculate too, which is good. So I can have a, can come after masturbating. It's just hard, harder. But yep. oh, yeah, honestly, I'll take that. Um, and you've been working with sex. Mate, that's a gift. Oh, it is. That's a it? fucking yeah. gift, if anything. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a weird one. When I do come, I sort of, I dysflex a tiny bit. It's a weird, it's sort of a good thing. If it goes, if it's too hard, sometimes it give you a bit of a headache. But yep. it's nothing that's too bad. Um, but yeah, so it's, and I'm lucky that, I swear by this, right, that after doing a lot of exercise that I can – maybe it's my testosterone levels. Don't know. Don't have proof for it. But um, I can – my boner can last so much more longer. You know, during sex I can actually – it can stay up for a bit. It doesn't just go down. It used to go down at the beginning. Yeah. But I, I swear it's exercise related. Um, Probably is, ma'am. Yeah, and it's just um, – yeah, it's so much better. I can have sex without it essentially going down, which is pretty good without medication. I've tried for years, mucked around with heaps, but – Yeah. got the stuff from Thailand, this gel stuff that was handy. But um, I tried to do it without it, and it tends to work quite well. Like, yeah, yeah so I'm quite, I'm quite lucky. Okay. Yep. That's interesting. Mm. So when you – And I do have sensation there, so it would be a bit of sensation. So And it is a bit pleasurable too, so – Of course. Yep. Oh, that's very good. So after your injury, excuse me, were you a bit sort of shy to start dating, a bit intimidated or? Amazing or? question. I love it. Um, yeah, look, um, when I first had my injury, um, I dated this girl just before my accident. We broke up and then started dating after. Um, and yeah, it was kind of, I remember the first time I had sex, I was, oh, man, I didn't know what I was doing. It was just like this cloud of fog was around me and it wasn't kind of like, there's no communication or anything. I was young too. Um, and yeah, there was a, a lot of insecurities about it. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, you know, chicks wouldn't want me because I'm in a wheelchair. I wouldn't be as attractive sort of thing. And then because of my paralysis level being chest, paralysis from chest down, I have a bit of a stomach, even in my fittest, which I'm now. Um, I still have a belly, right? And that's yep. just, it took me years to get used to way, way longer before I became comfortable. But now I couldn't care less, to be honest with you. I make jokes about it. But um, yeah, I think at the time was a lot of getting over a lot of insecurities and confidence. I yep. think, um, you know, when I was walking around, I thought it was so much easier back then. And then after it happened, it was just like, you'd go out and then just, even though girls would come up to me, I'd kind of be like, oh shit, they wouldn't want me. It'd be in my head and then missed opportunities and that sort of stuff. Like I definitely hooked up with heaps and that sort of stuff and learned, had a, had a decent sexual journey over time and learned a lot. And I think that was the best part, just getting out there and having to go and communicating. Yep. Um, but now after just spending a lot of time and conversations and being comfortable talking to women about it, honestly, now it's, don't even think about it anymore you know what i mean like now i've really value myself and everything like that and i've done the work on myself you know like yeah to therapy and lots of things and um absolutely i think um i think if you're worried about girls not wanting you because you're in a wheelchair to be honest with you 
uh, I think it's, a lot of it's BS. I, I actually categorize a lot of women or people in general into these categories, right? So one of them is the, these are women that are attracted to guys in chairs. Um, curious. They want to know if your dick works. They want to know what's going on. They'll always ask a lot of questions. you got your motherly type, right, that are always wanting to care for you and everything. can be annoying, but all can be nice. Um, and then the best type of all that just don't even see the wheelchair. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's good. It's also funny. Like if you drive somewhere, they go walking off and you're like, can you just grab my wheelchair in the booth? <laughs> <laughs> it's my chick every yeah. time, everywhere we go. I'm yeah. like, hey, uh, do you mind just folding that chair up one more time? Yeah. yeah. But um, it's sort of, it's cool because you don't feel like it's a thing. You know what I mean? It's a cool, it's, you know, it's just like when you don't care about it, they, and they don't care about it at all and you just kind of get on with it, you know. Um, that's, that's my favorite type. And then I say there's the fourth type that, you know, that are just kind of like, oh, I categorize as plastic and kind of being like, oh, I wouldn't date a guy in a chair because they don't want to actually get to know or anything. They just, it's more of a looks thing. They don't like it. Fair enough. Of course. Fair. Yeah. We, we, I, some people don't like tall people, short people, chairs, whatever. You know what I mean? I think it's, we have that in head. I had that for years and as soon as I got over that, it was like, boom, it's, it's so much better. You know, it's been like, uh, I'm with, get with heaps of girls and everything and I'm like, I'm looking for a good relationship now and that sort of stuff. So now it's not an issue at all. So yeah, I think there's a work you're putting yourself, but. Yeah. yeah, there definitely is. There definitely is, and I can relate to that. Even having a, a partner mm. and and a son when my injury happened, there was a little bit that played on my mind, and it wasn't. Is Alicia still going to find me attractive? It was. Am I still going to be as pleasing? If that makes sense, like mm. because you hear worst case scenario when you're in hospital. Yeah. This ain't going to work. You're not going to be able to do this. Hey, there's Viagra or we can give you this or this. But for me, it was – I wanted to make sure that I was still holding up my end of the deal, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, – w- once you sort of get the hang of it, though, it's just back to old times, you know. Like th- that's the beauty of being in a relationship prior to my injury and – and now, like it's, it's just the same as it always was. You know what I mean? It's, I mean, sometimes I might need a little bit of help from mm. little Mister V, but um, you know, other than that, like, man, I've got the best chick, and you know, we love each other more and more than we ever have. You yeah. know, and it, it's yeah, it makes you feel. I I feel so, like lucky and wholesome. You know, we, we give each other a kiss goodnight and I know, like, this chick ain't leaving me because of my disability. Mm. Like, that to me, that's a fucking good feeling, mm. you know. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very fortunate there. Do you have a partner at all? 100%. Um, uh, I, at the moment, no. I'm, I'm just trying to date someone. Um, yep. But, yeah, no, not the moment. But, yeah, I've, I've had a good, good dating journey, that's for sure. But, yeah, going back to what we said about insecurity thing i remember when i one of my first well the short partner after didn't really count the first partner i had um after my spinal injury or actually after in general i think um she was uh she had a lot going on mentally um and i remember i convinced her to move down from hamilton island so i met her up there and then um we had sex i'll never forget like there was some issues there. I was like, what's going on? She's like, ah, oh, you just can't just give me what I want, you know, like can't hump me. And I was like, oh, like any insecurities I have, whew, straight to the surface, you know what I mean? I was like, so I 
took me years to get over that. Like that drilled into me that I'm not good enough. I can't, like you said, can't please someone. Yeah. Even yep. when they would say to me, oh my God, like I feel so good. You please me so much. It's like, nah, no, nah, I've convinced myself that I can't please them. So I can't. She's you know, faking yeah. it. Yeah. Or whatever. Well, I, I, I think they felt it, but it just wasn't, I just convinced myself, you know what I mean? And then you had to rewire it and now you can tell, you know what I mean? It's, it's obvious as all hell. And I kind of like you know, built a blind spot for it, but I think you're right. Like, you just got to learn to communicate. And once you do that and then get secure within yourself, it's yeah. not an issue anymore, is it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I think it would be different if you were just trying to rack up numbers, yes. you know, and <laughs> get the body count right up. But, it, you know, for me not being like that, and I'm sure that you're probably past that stage mm. yourself, yep. th- everything happens on a deeper level. Mm, 100%. And you need, the, you need the connection anyway for sex to be good now. That's that's the way I feel anyway. Yeah. yeah 100%. Yep. Yeah, yeah. We're definitely on the same, like, wavelength there, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So what what do you got coming up in the way of um, not sex, I suppose? <laughs> well, there's this. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Who have you got booked in tonight? <laughs> no, no. I mean, uh, like, hand cycle racing, stuff like that. Are you, you going to continue to compete in it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we had nationals... Uh, the start of the year, so January, um, and then we had a Parasite and Road World Cup, which is a hard one in Adelaide, quite hot. Um, didn't do the best, but I learned a lot from it. Yep. Um, this time of the year, I usually turn my head towards the mountains, so I've been doing the Seven Peaks for about four times. This is my fifth time now. Yep. I've just, it's just obsessed with mountains, so just training, training towards them at the moment, and um, kick them off in about, I think, two weeks, so... Yep. Start doing them. It's my own little time, my own little race sort of thing. So do that. And then once that finishes in March, then um, time trial season kicks off in April. So we've got a winter time trial series in Victoria. That's um, heaps of events. So time trials just basically by yourself on the road as hard as you can um, against the clock, no drafting or anything like that. So just purely time-based. So I've had the same races I've been doing for years, so I always try and beat them a little bit. So Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's very interesting. Is... Is Kosciuszko, like, are you able to ride up that Mount Kosciuszko or is that just like a hiking mountain? Nah, it is. That's on my list to do as well, which I don't think I'd get to it this year. But um, you got it's um, you go from Jindabyne up to Charlotte's Pass. Yep. Right, just past there. So that's the second highest paved road to, to Mount Hotham. Uh, but there's, it's a weird one because there's heaps of mountains within mountains. You can go, like, up Dead Horse Gap. Um, and a few little ones out there, which is I'm keen to get out there and ride there as well. So I might be doing the Snowy Classic on March, the end of March, I think it is. Um, so that's oh, 120Ks, I think it is, starts at Jindabyne, loops all around Beloka and a few things, I think. Um, and then I'm doing the shorter distance um, that goes up to, finishes at the top of Beloka or whatever it's called. And there's an average speed you have to do before you get pulled out of the race. So it's a big well, ride. So it's a bit of a challenge. But then they do ride up Kosciuszko as well at the end of that one. But I just, my arms aren't quite there yet. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yes, yeah, so you can do that one. Do you compete against people that are on bicycles? Um, so, yeah. So I do um, bunch rides. I'm part of um, St Kilda Cycling Club and they're the best bunch. So if you're looking to get in a hand cycling and know where to start, join them. They're so inclusive. Um Mind you, it is a hard slog, these guys riding with the legs. So the, the hardest part um, is if we go riding riding on hills with them, it's there's no point because they'll go too um, 
the two the, the legs are just too powerful to go up the hills and then when we go downhill we come hammering past because we're so aerodynamic so it's you don't get any draft or any benefit okay but we go on flats it's actually quite good um give, uh, given that they they take off at the light so you got to accelerate it's hard but you can draft with them so just so people don't know what i mean so drafting is just literally sitting behind another cyclist um and that way it breaks the wind so it's a lot easier it makes a big difference so i was about to ask what drafting is yeah, i was like yeah. i've heard it don't know what it means yeah i didn't realize it years ago as well um but yeah so basically um i ride with them usually thursday mornings um and they'll race sometimes um with that club or with a few clubs and it is hard you're right when you're racing against people using the legs because mm-hmm. like if they accelerate they're gone so We've got a, a cycling club called Southern Masters out in um, Casey Fields Criterium. Yep. And um, it's, a, it's a crit, so it's about 50 to 60 minutes. So it's full gas, um, sitting on a, with a bunch, and they'll usually sprint at the end. That's how crits work. So when we race them, we've got to know just before the bell lap or on the bell lap, we'll just take off and try and get a bit of a gap on the downhill and just hold on because arms versus legs sprinting-wise is just not, not as much maximal power. So... Yeah, I do race for Aberwads. At the moment, that's the best we have because Europe Europe have a lot of hand cyclists and lots of races, so it's a lot easier to get quite competitive and grow quickly. Whereas here, it's you've really got to you got to chase it down and find the races. Yeah, right. It's yeah. very interesting. Mm. Yeah, okay. Do you, is there any like BMX style races that you know of? Not at the moment. I've heard word. Um, I don't know if you guys know Grant Allen out and out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's going to um, come on. I think he's. Oh, cool. Yeah, he's. I think he's in the works organising stuff like that. Um, at the moment, I don't think there's any racing, but I'm sure if he's part of it, they'll, that will get something going up for sure. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it'd be cool to do that. I'd be keen to get eventually get into one. I'm just so much more of a roadie at the moment, but I'll get I'll get in a bowhead at some point. He keeps pestering me to get one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he brought one out to Talbot for me to try. It was the, oh, really? the actual hand cycle one. Not yep. the – I think the RX is RX, the one with the yep. bars. Oh, the Reach might be. Is it the Reach that you tried? Honestly, I've got no yep. fucking idea. But I'm just, the one I'm just naming, name dropping now. Yep. But, um, yeah, I, I'm not – yeah, the pedal assist one is the one that I rode. Yep. And that's a brilliant piece of technology. It's like – it leans in corners like mm. you're on a jet ski, you know what I mean? It's – yeah, that's really, really cool. I'm hoping – Maybe next year I'll, I'll try and jump on a bike of some kind, whether it's um, upright or or a, like a bowhead, something like that. I feel like I need to be – yeah, I, I, I don't know about road biking just yet for me. I think I'm – one, I'm not fit enough. I just end up carking it on the side of the road. And two, I don't know, just I suppose the danger being on the road for that type of stuff always plays a, a part in my mind. Um, so, yeah, maybe just – to start with, I'll, I'll maybe give the uh, the bowhead a crack on the off road. Yeah, that sounds sick. There is power assist road stuff as well, just so you know. But um, oh, is there really? Yeah, I think, um, they can make carbon bikes. I think with power assist. Don't don't quote me on that. Speak to Push or Grant when you know he jumps on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's I, that's one thing I recommend to people. Just get in the power assist. Like it's just to start off with. If you want to get into racing, just remove that and start training. But um, nah, it's um. Makes a big difference, power system. Getting out in the bowhead, I've tried one before. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. What type of riding would you do if you're on the bowhead? Would you go like trail riding or downhill or just uh, like on a path somewhere? I'd I'd go trail riding. Um, oh, it's just downhill. <laughs> I watch Grant. What he does is he's a machine. Um, 
I just don't have the balls and I just worried there's something beyond the path. I'm just, yeah, just paranoid. But I'd just love to go out, ride for ages out in the mountain bike, try and get, get into places that, that I shouldn't be trying to get, you know what I mean? Things yep. like that. That's, I love adventuring. So yeah, awesome. I'd do it from that point of view for sure. Yeah, that's yeah. all right. How do you get your bike in your car? Yeah, so um, this is part of the reason I'm getting um, the van actually. So um, uh, it's getting the bike in now. It's pretty easy because it's super light, right? So what I'll do is um, I'll hop the front wheel. So it's a three-wheel bike, just so people know. Um, big front wheel is a 650C wheel, um, a 26-inch. Um, just slightly bigger than your wheelchair wheel. And then the two rear wheels are a 20 inch. It just makes it better for cornering. Um, or four or sixes is the other measurement. Um, and then you put, I'll put the front wheel from a lap into the back boot of the car. I've got a station wagon. Yep. And then I'll just essentially grab, um, close to where the seat is and just push, push the bike up with the brakes off and it'll roll into the car. Um, and then just take the wheels off and slide it in and it's usually pretty good. But when I go riding, um, it's a bit of a pain. Um, so it's basically like when I went to Mount William today, what I did was um, take the bike out, vice versa, I put the wheels on, the flag on and everything, pull it out and then pull it next to the boot. And then I'll transfer over to the boot myself, reach the chair and then pull the chair into the boot, like hike it in. Your wheelchair? Yeah, my wheelchair. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, 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 my wheelchair. No, no, you're fine, you're fine. And then hop down into the bike, um, hopefully I've, got my keys and everything I need at that point <laughs> and then then take off and then when I get back I'll grab the chair and balance it like almost like a chest press and then drop it down so it's a bit sketchy at the moment um gets the job done but um that's why I want to get this van just to just less risk on my shoulders I guess so um but yeah there's, there's a way to do it no matter what you do uh, no matter what you have there's always a way yeah that's awesome that's really good speaking of shoulder injuries have you had any so far or is there, some, is there exercises that you do specifically to prevent them? 100% actually. Really good question. Um, when I got into hand cycling, I used to live out in um, Templestowe. Yep. And um, literally out the door, straight up a hill, steep hill, right? No warm-up, no nothing, right? Um, it was good at the beginning and then after a while I had these little niggles in my shoulders, like just sort of moves and you go, oh, that's a bit sore, right? Um Chat to my physio, like they have a physio as well. Um, chat to him about and said, hey, I've got a bit of a niggle on my shoulders. Initially, just taking a bit of Voltaren, but then he gave me some exercises. Right, so I jump on the, I jump on a yoga mat each morning. I do this now. Um, and a, f- a few different exercises. I do a rotator cuff exercise before I get on the mat, and then I jump down the ground and then do a series of exercises, depending on what your shoulder niggle is and what you have. Um, work on my, my rhomboid, so I draw my light on my prone so on my head and then lift my arms up like 90 degrees and then reach up forward and down sounds simple but if you don't have core it's hard work right and really targets your rhomboids and strengthens your back muscles to prevent injury because we push the chair a lot our shoulders have a lot of anterior rotation so roll forward so basically what we need to do is strengthen our back essentially um to help pull into line so it's not weaker and doesn't start straining so, yeah, so I did that and a lot of those exercises and then my shoulder came a lot better after a while. And then he said to me, I'll never forget this, um, if you get a, if you do this before every ride, you will massively reduce the chance of you getting an injury again. So every time I go on the bike, I wouldn't even hop out without doing at least a rotator cuff um, exercise and having a good warm-up as well, which <laughs> is important, not just going straight up a hill. Um, and I do that all the time. So essentially what I'd recommend to people uh, based off your question is rotator cuff, 100%. If there's going to be something that's going to go with um, yeah, being in a chair, it's going to be a rotator cuff first. So that's a 
muscle in between uh, up on the top of your shoulder on the top left or let's say you told me left shoulder top left there that actually connects your specific specifically your arm to your shoulder basically that's the most basic way of putting it right um yeah that's the worst way to explain it but it, it's the pivot point between moving between when you move, when you move your arm around so what happens is when you're pushing your chair your pecs become quite tight they tense up a lot your shoulder tenses up and your shoulders start to roll forward so essentially what you need to do is do a lot of that and then also work on your back as well yeah so there's another exercise called banded pull apart so it's reaching your hands out right in front of you grabbing a maybe a, a, a resistance band and then pulling them directly back um literally back when i say back left let's say you're talking about your left arm pulling it back towards your shoulder height and then yep. forward i know that's it's hard to sort of explain that but, but just opening your yeah. opening your arms up yeah so it's called a chest opener or a band pull apart and that strengthens your back as well and really really helps so i'd suggest doing that two to three days a week even just those two yeah um, with all my pt clients they don't get started without any of that going on um and they're actually more joint exercises um yep. band and pull apart's not so much for the rotator cuff one because your, your joints take a lot of grunt and we don't strengthen them as such and they need to be isolated. So it's that's one thing I recommend. You could do bicep curls and smash your chest in the gym, but these are the things that are going to help prevent injury. Very interesting. Yep. Whereabouts do you do your PT stuff? Yeah, so um, at the moment, um, mainly anywhere around Melbourne, I can travel, I can charge to NDIS, so if you TSC, we can work something out. Well, whoever, we can just work something out. Um, so I can travel to people um, or... If they're, I live in Montmorency, you can come to my place and we do a session there. You can either jump my hand cycle or we can um, do a routine based off, I can, you know, I've got plenty of equipment to do it. Um, or I've got bit resistance bands can come to your house and set it up and we can do a session. Um, pretty flexible. Um, if it's regional Victoria, if there's a group of people, 100% come. It's just if it's one person, it's probably not just worth got, it. got to make it feasible. I can do it online if someone really is keen. Absolutely. So there's options. Yep. Yeah, right. I might have to get onto it. Because yeah, sure. I'm, yeah, feeling, feeling slack and lazy. I smash the physio and get in the pool and do a little bit of stuff at the gym, but it's not. It's 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 all for my legs because I've got a bit of movement in my legs. So yep. it's all for that. That's where my focus has been for the last sort of twelve months. There is going to be a time where I need to start focusing on other parts of my body and my my cardiovascular system stuff like that which is what I did like to do prior to injuring myself and, you know, go to that F45 and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And those hit group sessions were was what I liked the most. So I'd like to get back to some form of, of exercise like that. And, yeah, I'm not too sure what it is just yet, but. Maybe we can work, we can work something out. Absolutely, I think as well. Just to just to mention that, I know we always think about PTs and we think of exercises being in the gym. I do with a few of my clients. We go on the hand cycle and ride around Albert Park, and I've part of an organisation that donates hand cycles when we can get them um, to people who want to use them. The idea is to get them into racing, but if they don't want to, fair enough. Yep. Um, so I'd go riding. I might. I'm gonna get it my hands on one, so I'll always have a hand cycle. So I can go with anyone if they want to jump in that. Yeah. So you go on a hand cycle, riding around Albert Park because it's flat, not like around my house. Yeah, yeah. Um, super hilly. Um, yeah, Albert Park. I'm um, going in the pool, swimming. You name it. We can anything. Like get the bands. We can do little circuit sessions, running around, similar to F45 and that sort of stuff. Yep. Um. Whatever I'm up for doing, absolutely, and getting a track chair, pushing around in that, pushing around in your wheelchair, I push around and 
I spent a lot of sessions with people just pushing around in the chair because, you know, they've left rehab and then shoulders aren't quite in a good condition. So you've got to condition the shoulders just to get to a point where they can push around comfortably. So Yeah, right. Gosh, it, it, when I start talking to people about, um, you know, what their goals and aims are and I can always develop goals with them and, and help figure out an exercise program that they'll enjoy. It's not, I'm not just going to go, let's go to gym and smash it do what the person wants you know what i mean because it's what's the point in doing something to enjoy it's like it, you'll you'll do it five minutes and not want to do it really it'll be too hard so yeah right that's very interesting yeah so what's your business called rolling strong actually so fucking oath yeah i was actually going to call it rolling on but it was taken and then i was like ah oh, damn and then I, f- f- uh, I had a bit of a thought and i'm like you know what rolling strong I'm like, oh, that is so much better you know yeah. what i mean so the idea behind the name is that you know, people um, initially rolling on was when people were leaving rehab, then they're rolling on. So I'm getting them rolling on, right? But then um, I was like, oh, rolling strong means they're going well. And then I had a PT client. He's a he's a quad actually, and we we're just pushing around Lake Wendery and Ballarat. Um, and it's a big push that. Yeah, well, just some of it because the camber was a bit much room, so we learnt that. But um, he had yep. his carer there, so I'd get him to sort of carer to help steer him a little bit, so yep. that way he wouldn't go too hard on the camber. So there's definitely ways. We can use assistance and not assistance sort of thing. Yep. Um, and then by the end of his session, he's doing really well. First time in manual chair for a long time because he usually uses a power wheelchair. And then he's like, I'm like, how are you going? He's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm rolling strong. And I was like, ah. Oh. How good's that? <laughs> One of those moments, you know. So, um, yeah, I work with almost anyone, you know, just about with a physical disability in a chair. Whether you're not in the chair, I'll work with you as well because yep. a couple of my clients actually, you know, they walk. And I strengthen their, you know, I strengthen with doing sit-to-stand squats and a few things that are just like, honestly, it's not that complicated, you know. Like, um, I'll work with them, work with a physio, and if people are having weight issues, I can recommend dietitians, lots of things. So, you know, we have different goals, so there are many ways to approach it. Awesome. Good stuff. That's really cool. Well, I've got two more questions for you. Yep. This one's my favourite because I know that the first three that I gave you, the what are you watching, what are you listening to, what are you reading, that sort of figures out what you like. Now I want to know what you don't like. So I'll call this section Get Fucked. Uh, <laughs> so I need to know what you think can get fucked this 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 week. It can be absolutely anything. I'm always Mr. Positive, so there's not much you don't like, but no, nah, there is definitely shit you don't like. Um, fuck her out. Actually, I'm trying to. I have to have a good think about that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Idea. You're fine. Uh, what would it be? Prior uh, time, I just heard him screaming. I. <laughs> um. Just, uh, just fucking rude people. Yep. They can just fuck off. Like, uh, yeah, they just they can get fucked. <laughs> yeah, sweet. Yeah, just um. Yeah, because I'm a pretty open person and stuff. But um, oh, you know what can get fucked, right? Oh, really, give it to yeah, me. Okay, so when I okay when I go riding, right, I'm usually pretty patient, trying to educate people. But sometimes, like I understand that's annoying in the hand cycle, right? Lying down on the ground, we got that, we get the flag and flashing light, so I really don't care. Um, but some people come up and they're like, oh, what are you doing on the, you know, what are you doing lying down on that? And I just sometimes, if I'm not in the mood, sometimes I'm hot, but I'm bugged, and I'm like, mate, this is how we're paralyzed. Half the time they just like, oh, I don't know what to say. Or, yeah, yeah. Oh, sometimes I've been run over and they've been defensive. I'm like, mate, look, you know what I mean? If dog runs on the road, you got to keep pay attention. So those drivers, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> nah, just uh, yeah, just just shit drivers like that. Just yeah, does my head. Yep. Yeah. Nice. That's all right. For me, it's people at the pool that use the disabled room 
Oh, oh, here we go. Yeah. Because they're fucking fat. Oh, what? Because they're fat. Oh, really? Being fat is not a disability. Are you serious? I've never Mate, I, fat people yeah. go into the, like, the wheelchair accessible toilets there and use it as a change room because they're fucking fat. Oh, that, that's something that people need to get fucked with. It. But people using disabled toilets, when we, like, sometimes we need it. Car like, parks. Oh, disabled yeah, car parks. Don't even. I, I, Fuck. I, so what I do now, I used to be so angry. And it, sometimes it's hard, right? But I try and educate people where possible, where patience is. Like, I'm a stubborn guy, so I don't like to be pushed in my chair. So if people push me without asking, I kind of turn on and say, whoa, 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 whoa. And they freak out. And I say, no, 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 just stop. Like, next time, just ask me. Because if you push me, I'll actually fall out of my chair. You know yeah, yeah, I mean? yeah. Or disabled parks, oh, it's hard. I've, I have parked behind someone who's gone to the shops before, like directly behind them when they were, I knew they weren't disabled. And, and then they were like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good um, – that's fucking awesome. Yeah. I would do the same thing. But in general, I usually try and just point it out and be like, hey, the reason we need the spot is because we can't open the door and we're stuffed. You know what I mean? I can personally park a kilometre away. I don't mind pushing. Yeah. But if I can't open my car door, I, I can't park anywhere. Yeah. Just so they know. I mean, look – Ideally, they'd be like, yeah, cool. Like, I've learnt from that, but probably not. You know what I mean? Like, they'll just not even shrug it off. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, they'll be yeah. like, oh, there's two car parks. There's yeah. two disabled car parks. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. No, I get you. I get you. But are you a meat eater before we, yeah, yeah, before yeah. we wrap yep, it up? Absolutely. Yep. Perfect. We are running low. I need to stock up. But one of our sponsors, 3099 Jerky, has given us a bunch of beef jerky. So. I've got a bag of jerky there for you. You get to take your pick. We've got smoky barbecue, we've got teriyaki, and we've got garlic left. I plan on picking up more tomorrow. So take your pick and don't forget to take it with you because we have had some guests. And they're like, oh, I'll have this flavour. And then they forget to grab it. Smoky barbecue and I'm eyeing it off right now. So the second we start, we'll race and grab it. Yeah, <laughs> rip it open, yeah. mate. All right, Lockie, thanks heaps for coming on, mate. I really appreciate your time. And uh, oh, where can the people where can people get in touch with you? Yeah, so you can, um, well, my so my Instagram is Lockjo, L-S-C-H-J-O. I just type in Lockie O'Brien. I'm riding a hand cycle. I think I'm sitting in my chair. I can't remember. Um, or if, you, if you're keen for personal training, um, well, my number's on my business card, so it's 0448-382-851. Or you can email me at Lockie at rollingstrong.org. Um, yeah, just send him nudes. Yeah. <laughs> well, even if you've got any questions, you know, I don't have to commit to a personal training session. I'm happy to just help and explain how, you know, how to go about a gym and a few things. So yeah. Oh, good on you, man. Thanks for having me, mate. Really enjoyed it. Anytime. Enjoyed hanging out. Cheers.